Hello, and thanks for tuning in to our Bike Walk Wichita February podcast episode. I'm your host, Kim Newfield, the Executive Director of Bike Walk Wichita, and I'm recording today from headquarters with co-host Amy. Hello, everyone. 2021 is in motion, and we have several exciting announcements to share. As we roll into February, we have outdoor adventures to put on your calendar, including a special Valentine's Day ride and walk and a documentary screening that Amy will let you know about. I can't wait. I know. We launch our very own Bike Walk Wichita social network and invite you to join the conversation. Alan interviews Council Member Bluebaugh, and Ronnie shines a spotlight on this month's outstanding volunteer who is definitely making a difference. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things bike walk. So Amy, I know you have noticed, but uh, there has been so much activity and energy since 2021 has kicked off. Yes. I mean, it is exciting, even though most of our meetings are all still virtual and, you know, we're social distancing and everything, people are finding a way to, you know, engage and uh, to really share their creative ideas and energy And I'm excited to see the calendar filling back up. Right. It's amazing that we're still connecting, even though we can't really get together very much right now. Yes. I mean, I I really think our community, our bike ped community is is really important and, and valuable. So this pandemic, you know, really gave us time to pause and think deeply, you know, about where we want to go in the next several years, you know, what we want to really accomplish uh, with biking and walking. So we went on a journey, our strategic planning journey, and uh, our work groups really developed exciting plans and a logic model that will really serve as our roadmap for this year. We are such nerds for being excited about a logic model. (laughs) I know. We are. So... What I really enjoyed about that whole process, one, is just hearing all the really cool, creative, new solutions and ideas Mm -hmm. to people's everyday barriers uh, to getting and moving around Mm -hmm. our city, and also reimagining really what our volunteer opportunities here and what those leadership roles really look like. Again, nerds, but uh, I mean, I'm really all about the community engagement, and that's where the magic happens. Right. So I was really excited uh, that we had that opportunity for the work groups to really look through and see what is really needed to accomplish our goals, you know, that we, we want to set out to do. Yeah. If you are interested in stepping up, you know, and joining our team of, of really community change volunteers, check out our updated volunteer page. You can find that right on our website, or you can click the show notes below and see if there's anything that interests you. Yeah. And If you don't see something that interests you, but have another idea, just let us know. Please email us with your ideas to help make our community so much better. Absolutely. You can always contact us at info at bikewalkwichita.org. Well, one of the things I have been most recently excited about, I received an invite to Bikewalk Wichita's new social media network. That was so fun to like just send out invites to a few people <laughs> to get this site up and rolling. I know. I've been wanting a more focused social network site instead of Facebook and Twitter. And I know that a lot of us have been really exhausted with those. Yes. So uh, this uh, social media site, you can still connect with other members. We have groups you can join for walking, commuting. We have a bike club uh, group. It's amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. And it's so fun to see new members joining every day. 
Um, and we really, we really just launched it. So it is a pretty basic network at this time, but we plan to add a forum so that you can search uh, for resources by topic. And we'll also add all sorts of other new features. So I'm, I'm super excited. Again, if you want a free account uh, to join the conversation on our social network, uh, simply click the link in the show notes below and you can request access or you can email us as well. In other exciting news, we have officially launched our capital campaign uh, to help with the purchase of a permanent headquarters where we can simultaneously operate all of our programs while also expanding our recycle shop. As many of you have known, we have outgrown our current space. And so we are, you know, looking for a building that we'll be able to either remodel or potentially build uh, that can really house everything that we want to do at yeah. once. Yeah, that would be wonderful. It is. You know, with a permanent home, we'll we'll definitely have more space and resources to grow, you know, our resident-led services and our educational programming. I'm really excited to create a safe space where all members of our community can come together, solve local issues, strengthen neighborhood bike walk advocacy, you know, learn to work and maintain their own bikes, fix up bikes for others. Right. And uh, just enjoy a fun class, uh, you know, or event. So yeah. um, I'm super excited. It's hard to be the community hub that we want to be in our current location. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we are daring greatly. And if you want to help us make strides towards achieving a permanent Bike Walk Wichita headquarters and expanded programming, please consider a tax-deductible donation. You can find our campaign details and donation info by clicking the link right below in the show notes or visiting us online. Well, February is shaping up nicely. We are almost through winter. And Yay! I hope, I hope you are staying active because yeah. that is so important through these winter months. I tell you, getting in any type of nature or mm -hmm. sunshine uh, when you can, so right. important. Yeah, and... So we hope that you will uh, join us and follow us for these coming upcoming events. So one thing that I am so super excited to share, uh, Mother Load the Movie is a documentary about sustainable living, parenting, social movements, mental health, and transportation. I know that that sounds like so much <laughs> that one movie can't contain that, but it is just an incredible documentary. I hope that you will join us for it. Here's just a little blurb about this incredible movie. There is a growing body of research suggesting that living our lives indoors and spending an increasing amount of time glued to our screens is making us unhappy and unhealthy. Kids today engage in a lot less unstructured outdoor play than generations in the past. Connecting to nature is a fundamental part of the human experience, and Motherlode explores how biking for transportation facilitates that connection, while driving in cars severs it. Join us for the virtual screening and panel discussion with local bike commuters will be March 2nd. Tickets can be purchased at our website, bikewalkwichita.org. Flash Motherlode. I'm so excited. This is such a great documentary. I can't believe one movie can contain so many different mm -hmm. touch points. Well, I mean, we always know that 
bikes can solve pretty a much a lot of problems. Yes. So I'm super excited. Make sure you get your tickets. And I really love that it is a virtual screening that you can do um, at your own convenience mm-hmm. once you get the link. Yeah. And then that we're going to have a local panel discussion. I'm, yes. That's exciting. Thank you, Amy, for organizing this documentary and uh, getting it out for all of us. I'm also excited to uh, announce our next Second Sunday Slow Roll and Stroll. As many of you know, we continue these year-round. We think it's really important to get outside and connect, and we are easily able to stay socially distanced um, and safe during these events. So we hope you will get out and enjoy us and come and explore a different part of our community each month. So, of course, for February, it actually happens to fall on Valentine's Day. If you want to come and share your bike walk love, uh, mark your calendar for February 14th at 2 p.m. and watch our social media page for a fun announcement. We have quite a fun event planned. Stay tuned. Hello, today we're talking with Wichita City Council member, Jeff Bluebaugh from District 4. We're recording this in early January, 2021. Uh, Welcome to Bike Walk Wichita, and thank you very much for giving us the time to talk to you. We're looking forward to our conversation. Well, well, thank you very much. Um, I'm very excited about this conversation. I, I will say, and full disclosure, I don't even own a bicycle, but I am very passionate about this because I want to encourage outdoor healthy activities. Um, I'm more of a walker, sometimes a runner, but I just like people to get out, get some fresh air. I, I think there's nothing better for your system. We live in such an environment right now where we're inside so much. And I think the more of that fresh oxygen we can get in our lungs, the better. You know, I tell people all the time that I ride a bike, I play golf, I do some other things outside. But I say, you know, really, what I really like is just being outside and all the rest of them are just excuses for doing things uh, outside. So I understand what you're saying. And and we are Bike Walk Wichita. Uh, we try to be... Uh, encompass all of those activities. So uh, it, there's no shame of not having a bike. Uh, why don't we begin by just having you uh, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, what we need to know about you as a city council member and a member of the community. Sure, sure. Well, I've been on the council. I'm starting on my eighth year right now. I've lived in Wichita for probably the last 25, 26 years. I worked at Textron for 17 years. Um, worked pretty, ex- I was in sales and marketing. as a Six Sigma black belt. I was traveling quite a bit. When the downturn in aviation came, I had an opportunity to be at home more working in my own private business. I have my own real estate brokerage and investment properties. And I thought, you know, if I'm not going to be traveling, I was traveling three weeks a month when I worked at Textron. And I thought it'd be a better idea to do more in the community. So started coaching junior football, trying to push an outdoor activity right there. And I ended up had some issues with the kids wanting to play on the new fields out at Goddard. Uh, the school board really couldn't give me any solid answers and ran for school board, got on the school board. Wasn't an issue then for the kids. Couldn't quite understand why it, why it ever was. But it's one of those things, the more you get involved with the community, went from coaching football to getting on the school board to I ran for the legislator, was unsuccessful in that. but ran for my city council seat and have, have been here for eight years. And it's greatly 
enhanced my understanding of the city, how our city and community works. And the biggest thing I could say about Wichita is we're a big, small town. I come from a small town where everybody knows everybody. It doesn't take long for Wichita to get that. You know, we, we have a, we have a great value proposition. You can get anywhere in town in 20, 25 minutes. Really don't think there's much of a cheaper place to live. And I think one of the great quality of life things that our city has to offer is our bike and walking trails. I think it's something that anybody can utilize, just getting people outdoors and, you know, whether it's my business or anything I do, I always try to look for low hanging fruit. Well, when you look at quality of life opportunities, walking trails, biking trails are low hanging fruit that everyone should be able to utilize. And I, you know, I've had so many people tell me they come here from out of town and those trails, those connections make a big difference in their decision on deciding to come to Wichita. Great. We're going to get into that a little bit more in, in, a, in a little bit. So, but first, can you tell us why you decided to run for city council? It's one of those things that I, 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 you know, from people that know me say that I'm a doer more than a talker. I, I don't get out and talk as much as I just like to do. And I'm not one of these people that sets and complains about politics, whether it be local or nationally. If, if, if you're going to complain, you need to be willing to step up to the plate and put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. And that's, that's kind of where I was. I've, I've never been a, big person to get out and and vocalize politics either way but you know city politics is completely different than what you see on the national level i you know we're, we're nonpartisan. i like to tell everybody we don't have republican and democratic potholes it's all the same and and if you look at the way people vote on the council it's really not aligned according to national politics it's more on the people that i serve with care about this city and care about this city doing well, and they care about their own backyard. So that's that's the push for me, and I'd say that's probably the push for most of my colleagues as to why they decided to run for council. All right. Well, speaking of your own backyard, let's talk a little bit about District 4. Sure. What are District 4's strengths? So District 4 is the largest city council district in the city. It's probably twice the size of most of the other districts, it runs from the river to Goddard and from Douglas to Hayesville. And then once you get out on the west side of 235, it goes down to Maple and, and runs down to Hayesville. The, the city council districts are put together by a population of between 60 and 65,000 people. Since there's so much aerospace and manufacturing in southwest Wichita, it, 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 there's a little more sparse population. It don't quite have the density, so it takes more land volume. So I, I guess that's – it's just been a natural fit to push for the bike and, and, and pedestrian trails because of how much land we have. And I'm looking for connectivity. You know, I, I wanted to be able – I mean, all along, um, since I first got on the council, and, and I know I'm kind of getting into the meat of this before you probably want to, but – I remember the Sunset Trail stopped at 167th, and it was a big push of mine to get it over to Mays Road, and then we took it over to Tyler, and then we took it over to Julia. Now we're at 235 in Kellogg. At the same time, I've been trying to work back the other way from Delano, 
ultimately, I wanted to be able to connect with the Sunset Trail. You can connect Garden Plain to basically we should be able to get once you get over to West Street, then I've I've been fighting to get money in our um, in our budget, in our CIP budget to be able to I would like to connect Friends, Newman, the ballpark. And once you get to the ballpark, you can go all the way out east, go all the way to Augusta or go all the way up to the zoo, go out to Cheney Lake. I think that will be very, very popular with both pedestrians and bicyclists throughout the city and, and outside of the city as well. Absolutely. You have been a big uh, proponent of the Prairie uh, Sunset Trail, and uh, we, we do appreciate that. We also think that is one of the, the jewels of the city and the possibility of connecting it with the Redbud Trail to the, to the, well, first to the downtown area and then to the Redbud Trail seems like an incredible opportunity that would make it one of the, the premier trails in the state, really, and in the, in the region if we were, when we get there. So we would uh, love to see that. One of the big problems, uh, probably the biggest problem in, in that is getting across the big ditch. Been a lot of talk about that. There seem to be a lot of federal and, and state regulations that need to be uh, dealt with there and so forth. Do you think that the city council uh, is on board for the the political fight that it'll take to get through all of that uh, red tape? You know, I think we really have a solid plan on that. Um, I was just, I'd been on the council two or three years whenever they went through and started the 235 Kellogg interchange and immediately staff came to me and they wanted to eliminate that bridge. Well, working with Sunset Trail, I knew what they wanted to do there. And I was able to work with, uh, among with um, Prairie Travelers, we were able to work with Senator Kirshen and several others in Topeka to ensure that we kept that bridge. Um, we have kept that bridge. We've had the volunteers are obviously anxious trying to work on it, but we, we've got to get through our state red tape with the DOT. I think we're going to get there. One of the major things is we can't go in there and mess with the bridge really until we get that approval. But the, the city just allocated $100,000 a few weeks ago to put into that study to make sure that we're working toward that. So when you ask if, if the council's ready for that, I think we are, we wouldn't have contributed $100,000 to that. So. Okay. And, right. and it's, you know, we've got a couple million dollars in the CIP for the other parts of the connectivity. So mm -hmm. we know we have to make right. that work somehow. And it's been an ongoing conversation with me. We've had a lot of different ideas. Um, at one time they were trying to tell us we were going to have to have a tunnel underneath the bridge, which I couldn't quite understand that because, you know, obviously there's structural integrity. Um, I don't think we've got to worry about the, the elevated highway coming down. I think it was more the issue they wanted to make sure that people stayed on the trail. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, um, I've got three more years on the council. So, and it was a big push last year. Last year was a tough year for us as yeah. far as budget things. And this was one of those things that was going to slip down the road. But I really pushed on this hard because the one thing about our term limits, you know, you've only got so much time to do things because once you're gone, you're gone. Things can yeah. change. So I had the mindset if I could get a little bit pregnant, so to speak, as long as I could get the project started, 
you know, past the point of no return, it would get seen through. So I'm committed to that. I think the council's committed to that. So okay. I'm, I'm pretty optimistic. I won't even say cautiously. I'm pretty optimistic. The Good. city manager knows this is one of the most important things I'm pushing for in the remainder of my term on the council. Well, great. Great. That's, that's, that's good news. And before we uh, go into other topics, I want to turn back to uh, just Pawnee Prairie Park generally. You've also spearheaded uh, the reconfiguration of some of the trails and facilities there. That has also been a big success, I believe. You want to tell us about that? So, so um, I think that was a lot more uphill battle than what I'm dealing with right now with trying to preserve <laughs> the bridge. Um, it was it was very unpopular with a lot of the horseback riders. I'm familiar with that park since, since I was a kid. You know, we used to go up there. I was in Boy Scouts. We used to walk the park. We used to get a little map. You know, I, I knew the nature there, wanted to preserve that natural footprint. But I knew that I have 20,000 constituents within a mile radius touching that park on every end. And there's no real park over here on south of Kellogg until you get over to Osage Park, you got Buffalo Park, but kids in this area aren't going to be able to get across 54. There's no way really, you know, to cross Kellogg to get over there. And it was one of those opportunities that I, um, so much of it, my district money goes in to the inner core of 235, basically the area from the river to 235. There's not a lot that happens out here in the suburbs just because You've, you've got the majority of the property taxpayers out here, but you've got the streets are newer, the developments are mm -hmm. newer. There's really not a lot of the needs. We don't have city pools. People have HOA pools out here. It's a little bit different. So I thought this was an opportunity with the sale of the Hyatt. We had $1 million. Each council member had $1 million of discretional funding. And I spent the whole million dollars into Pawnee Prairie Park. Um, we had a lot of repairs. The, the park was was really pretty deferred. I mean, you know, they'd put those ADA sidewalks in there, I think probably 25 years ago, they were cracking out. The, the park was pretty overgrown. And with that million dollars, they were able to create some new trails. Of course, I think you've already figured out connectivity is important to me. And mm -hmm. I wanted to have a connectivity portion of the Sunset Trail. And I will tell you, I go by the park pretty much anytime I'm going downtown. And those parking lots are pretty full. I've gotten more positive feedback about, about people just getting in there, feeling safe. A lot of the neighbors over there in, in the park addition told me they didn't feel safe going out into the park until we've made those enhancements. So it's walkers, it's bike riders, it's horseback riders. It's everybody utilizing everything together. And, and as much as we heard about there's going to be accidents, there's going to be this, there's going to be that. I haven't heard of any incidences since we've combined everybody. I think everybody's sharing the park equally. I think that park, the timing was just perfect because of what we've been through the last 12 months now with COVID. People wanted an outdoor area, need to get out of the house. The family's on top of each other. Mom, dad, the kids are all, they just need to get out, get a little fresh air. That park's right there, not just for the 20,000 people that live in a mile square, one square mile away, but people from all over town. A lot of East Siders come over here. We tried to add some playground equipment uh, recently. Mm -hmm. Just mm -hmm. try to do something different, a different theme. And um, 
I, I hope that park's always cherished and taken care of because it's it's very important to not just the side of Wichita but the whole city. Well, like I said, I think I think it's been a, a big success. We appreciate uh, your efforts on that. I do. I'm six miles away, but I do go by there regularly too uh, on the Prairie Sunset Trail and then down into the park. So you see uh, the crowd. You. There's a lot of people yeah, there. <laughs> absolutely. So thank thank you. Thank I I appreciate that. Like I said, I. Didn't have a lack of criticism on there. Um, even had to endure some park vandalism and stuff at my expense. And um, it just, it was a tough time, but I hopefully everybody in the community, whether you live in the city, whether you're a county, whether you're a horseback rider, whether you're a bicycle rider, I hope everybody truly appreciates the park and utilize it. I want everybody to utilize the park. My major goal of push on that was to get as many people out there enjoying it while preserving the natural footprint of a nature park. Great, great. Well, let's go to the other side of 235. One of the major projects that the city is considering right now is the redesign, reconstruction of West Street and the Pawnee K42 intersection with West Street. Uh, as you know, I have some concerns about some of the design concepts that have been talked about for that from the standpoint of cyclists and, and pedestrians. I think that that project reflects some issues that we have dealt with in other parts of the city as well. So I may come back and kind of refer to it as an example later on today. So we have a multimodal policy that says that every street should be designed to safely accommodate all modes of transportation, including bicycling and walking. We have a master bike plan. We have a master pedestrian plan that says that all future street designs should take into consideration bicycle and pedestrian access and safety. Now, they do say that that doesn't necessarily mean that there has to be a, a bike lane on every street, but it needs to be a part of the consideration process. We don't see that every street is designed to accommodate all modes, like it says in the multimodal policy. My sense, in the West Street design was that there was relatively little consideration of the cyclists and pedestrians. And I know that's not a, that's not a real attractive area, a real popular area for sort of recreational type riding. But I do believe that there are, as you know, several businesses down there, several industries, that there are people who need to ride their bike as transportation to get to work down in those areas. And one of the problems with that is that there are very few cross streets in that area. You can't use West Street or, or Pawnee Street effectively, then there's no other way to get where you're going. So is there a way that the city can, can better accommodate cyclists and pedestrians in areas like that? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like I've got a pretty solid plan going out West and my next approach was to see how far I could get with a plan going down south for south connectivity. I think we're going to hit West Street okay from just trying to get from 235 to West Street to Newman to Friends. But you got to think in mind, too, West Street is the industrial iron horse for the state of Kansas. It's a very industrial area. I understand what you're saying. Got people to want to get the work. I, I don't think West Street is ideal for pleasure riders. I don't think it's set up for that. 
I understand the idea of we want to have the connectivity to get you to West Street. If you have to go to work, I don't know if there's a way to ride some of those side streets, Anna and some of those other streets back behind there. But I think we need to look for the opportunity. I'm thinking something maybe parallel around Meridian. I was looking at some old railroad right away down south at one time, still interested in that. Because again, I look for connectivity points. I thought if there was a way to connect Hayesville to South Wichita, and then mm -hmm. I could work my way back, maybe along the river. Um, but we've got to find those long distance routes mm -hmm. and to where, you know, yeah, ideally we should have every street, everything should have a bike lane, but we're not going to get there. We still have a hundred miles of unpaved streets in the city of Wichita. <laughs> yes. So I'm, I'm looking <laughs> any for of, any of them in your district. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. A lot of them in my district, but you know, the way our, the way our streets are, the way the funding is done now, it's those neighborhoods that have to pay for it. And unfortunately some of those neighborhoods are just not going to be able to, it's going to knock the affordability out of there. Mm -hmm. So I'm still looking for major corridor areas to where, yeah, we can get you down south. You may have to jog over three or four blocks, but mm -hmm. we can get you there and we can get you there safely and mm -hmm. then build from that plan. Okay. Well, let's change topics a little bit, but we'll, we'll come back to that. That uh, I understand from looking at your biographical information on, on, on different sites that you've uh, volunteered at the Lord's Diner. Yes, yes. How long have you done that? Well, I haven't done it recently. Okay, but, but okay. several years ago, yeah, as okay. part of our as part of our Six Sigma, we used to go there. We used to do projects. I used to go to the children Wichita Children's Home. Uh, used to go in there and work a craft once a week in the mornings. Mm -hmm. That's a that's a real eye opener because mm -hmm. you're going in there just trying to occupy the child's time, do a craft with them, and get get off get their mind on something positive because. They were probably just pulled out of the house last night. Maybe mom and dad were fighting. Maybe there was some kind of violence or something that, you know, mm -hmm. for, for apparent reasons, they had to be pulled out of the house and mm -hmm. just, just trying to calm that child down. Um, same thing with the Lord's Diner. It really shows you a, a different side of Wichita mm -hmm. and that you don't, you know, I think my biggest takeaway from the Lord's Diner is most, a lot of those people were working poor. They're out there working jobs, but you run out of money at the end of the month and you're a little bit short and you couldn't pay your rent. You know, now at least we have the COVID We, you know, we're putting a lot of money out there to be able to help people um, keep them off the streets. But at that time it was kind of like, you're out of money, tough luck. So I assume you uh, noticed a few of the folks down there at the diner being on, on bikes, uh, coming on. Yes. Bikes. Yes. Yes. So one of, Bike Walk Wichita's program is our recycle program where we essentially take donations of bikes, we fix them up and we give them away in various ways. First, we have a earn a bike program for adults. Any adult can come in, they can volunteer 15 hours with us. And then at the end of the 15 hours, they pick out one of the bikes we had to fix up and we'll help them get it fixed, give them all the parts and everything they need for it, give them a lock and, and lights uh, with it. So that they get basically get, get a, them a light, right? Yeah, two lights. Okay, <laughs> yeah, front, keep front, legal. Front, front, front <laughs> rear light. So they get, get a bike out of the deal. 
We also work with organizations like the uh, Police Department Homeless Outreach Team. So if one of those organizations tell us that they're working with a, with a client that needs a bike to get back and forth to work and so forth, we give them a bike. A lot of our focus on safety, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, our focus on safety for, for bikers and walkers is not really for people like me. I, I'm, I'm comfortable riding down the middle of West Street <laughs> or, or, or Pawnee. It's not the most attractive place, I admit, but you know, if, I, if I'm going that direction, I don't have any problem using that. But our focus really, a lot of our, our reason for advocating for safety in these areas is people like folks that you see at the diner or you know, they're using their bike to get to and from work who are maybe not as comfortable riding in traffic. They don't have the knowledge or experience perhaps to do that. Or on the other, maybe on the other end of the spectrum, mothers and kids that are riding out, out for recreation. Folks that use their bike to get to work some, sometimes called invisible cyclists because people don't notice them and don't really think of them when they're talking about cyclists. But we think we need to make biking and walking safe for everybody everywhere. We've talked about West Street and Pawnee. You kind of mentioned, as you said, there are really very few ways right now to safely get across 235. Zoo Boulevard is the only bike facility right now. You're working on the, on the Prairie Sunset Trail. But the other prime candidate is K42, crosses through 235. And right now, you have, there, there are no shoulders, no paved shoulders there. So you have to ride on the highway at, you know, with the 55 mile an hour traffic uh, to get through. So that's, that's one of the reasons, not only is the West Street and Pawnee area itself important because of the last week, but because of the connection through K42 there, it is one of the very few connections across 235. Do you have any idea how we can make that area safer for bikers or walkers getting across? To you people? know, I, I, I don't know. I have my own personal issue that on Pawnee out west here between 119th and 135th. My daughter was a kindergartner and her bus ran off the road because there's no shoulder out there. Mm-hmm. Had a couple other buses run off since then. So mm-hmm. I pushed and pushed to be able to get that done. It was around... million dollars and we still had to build it without that shoulder because i had the same beliefs like you i wanted to get that shoulder out there you've got a floodplain in there you've got water coming through i mean it was going to double the dollars on the project so it was one of those things i either got the widening without the the expanded shoulder like i didn't or i got anything at all and the, the same thing with the west street deal i you know, been working on that since I pretty much started on council. Um, Obviously, we wanted to get the expanded lanes out there, but they were just trying to widen it more for the industrial traffic that was coming out of there. So it's, it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, obviously, you could tell by now I'm a huge advocate for, for the trails and the lanes. But at some point, it's got to, it's going to double the cost of a project and sometimes mm-hmm. it's like okay we just got to go ahead and do it and mm-hmm. do like what we're going to do right now to try to connect south wichita to downtown wichita it's going to be a hodgepodge it's going to cost us a lot more we're going to do it we're going to figure out how to do it 
it I, ideally it'd be easy when we're constructing this new stuff to be able to implement it in there mm-hmm. but it, it, it's it's one of those things that you've got to you just got to figure out where your priorities are what your how much money you're willing to spend on a project yeah. all right turn to a little bit different subject you are in real estate the most recent survey conducted by the National Association of Realtors. They do an annual survey in asking folks their most important considerations in deciding where to live. The two most important factors, ones with the highest percentage of responses, were having sidewalks and places to take walks and being within an easy walk of other places and things. Is that your experience as a well, that's that's probably a good foundation of why I've had the push that I have. Yeah. Because I realized that this is the biggest contributor that the government can do to the resale of your property. Mm-hmm. It, it brings everybody's value up. We all we all rise with a high tide. And you look out here in the southwest corner of Wichita, where I live, there's really not a lot of business and commerce south of Kellogg. Out here west of the airport. I think there's a, maybe a gas station. You know, there's still not a lot that crosses Kellogg. Right. So the more trails we can have, the more connectivity it brings the values up. There's a significant difference in the prices of houses for an Eisenhower High School house and a Goddard house, just because one's north of Kellogg, one's south of Kellogg. When you go, I mean, it, this really validates the statement you just made. Mm-hmm. When you look around, Auburn Hills, you look at 135th, 119th, you see all the businesses, Dillon's, Walgreens, you've got all that easy bike ride or walk in and out of there. You come south of Kellogg, we've got one gas station, but yet 20,000 people that live within a mile of Pawnee Prairie Park. So you've got to have that connectivity to be able to get you to those commercial areas. I think it will fill in eventually. I think you'll start seeing some businesses there, but I'm more of a big picture looking at it globally. I'm like, how do we get to the ballpark? And then how do we get to the other side of a county to Augusta? And then I think you can fill in the areas from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a- absolutely. That's, that's the one of the best infrastructure improvements we can do to increase the value of property here. We have said for a long time that we think that and statistics, other, other surveys show that places that encourage biking and walking are stronger economically, they're healthier, and they're safer. You talked earlier about the effect of the COVID on getting more people out, out biking and walking. And as a result of that, I think we have seen exactly those kinds of things that people are getting out more and getting outdoor exercise. They are healthier as a, as a result of that. Places are, are also safer as a result of that. When people get out in their community or walking around or meeting their neighbors, getting to know them, it's a safer place than if people are shut up and not paying attention to what's going on around them. And then they're also economically stronger because they're visiting the places where they can shop and buy things and, 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 and eat in their neighborhood. Are there things that the city can do to reinforce that? It's already a trend that's occurring. You know, what, what can the city do to kind of take advantage of that? I know one thing that they have done is to adopt the uh, open air ICT 
program with the restaurants and so forth? How, how has that gone? You know, I, I, you know, it was kind of in the middle of COVID there. So it's been mm -hmm. a little bit hard to yeah. keep that going, but you know, my wife and I went to a CrossFit gym for probably six or seven years up until COVID came. Um, we haven't returned. I've heard less than 25% of people nationwide that have been going to a gym haven't returned yet. Yeah. So, but I think we're changing our habits. We're changing our routine. Mm -hmm. There's more people out there walking, more people out there bicycling. I think, I, I mean, I, th I think infrastructure is the greatest thing the city can do. You know, it, it, mm -hmm. I mean, we can have an event here and there, get you out to yep. walk, get you out to have a party. But at the end of the day, it's, it's up to you and your motivation. We do the bike walk videos where, you know, I'd borrow a bicycle and put on a helmet and pretend like I knew how to ride one still and <laughs> do a PSA to try to advocate people to go out and, and, yep. and ride a bike more. But outside of that, I think you have to create the infrastructure for it. In your December newsletter, you mentioned the uh, Places for People plan. Yes. The city's recently considered that. That emphasizes the need to make especially the, what's called the established central area more walkable. You said in your newsletter that one of the things that the plan recommends to do is that is to permit accessory dwelling units by right. We're actually very much in favor of Places for People plan overall. And the, the idea of, of allowing the accessory dwelling units, that's taken a long time to get moving. What exactly is the status of that right now? Well, it, I, I've, you know, I'm, I'm a real estate agent and I want, everybody needs to be able to buy property. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like that's your best opportunity to gain wealth. And when you look at the, the average price of a home, you know, here, 10 years ago, a new home, you could buy it for 125,000, 150, 180. Now you're over $200,000. We've got all this property in the infill in the core of the city that the, the sidewalks are gonna need to be replaced. The, the plumbing's 80 years old. The water lines gonna be, need to be replaced. How are we gonna be able to generate that? We don't want these properties to continue to just, to just dilapidate. So there's an opportunity there to try to let's open our eyes a little bit, see if we can have the accessory dwelling, see what kind of how we can make it easier for somebody to be able to build and develop those areas. So it just it drug on and on. I frankly can't give you a, a solid reason why. Um, I'm the one that really raised the point a year ago and got pretty frustrated. I, I put it on the city manager's performance review, but I was unsatisfied that nothing had been done. So, I, I assume that's publicly okay to say that, but that, 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 that's the honest answer. Edit that out if you need to, but that's the honest answer as to what got it going. So the Places for People plan has been adopted as a concept, as I understand, is that correct? I, I believe so. I just got an update yesterday. I haven't read through it yet, but I think we're going to be geared to go here in the first quarter of the year to be able to kick something off. Yep. So like I said, I, my understanding has been, been adopted sort of as a concept, but that these specific recommendations in the plan still need to be adopted. Things like the zoning 
the adoption of the zoning recommendations. Is that? Yeah, we, we workshopped it, I think, in December. Yeah. Right. And, you know, usually we workshop it before it comes on our council agenda. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you're, you're uh, urging to, to move that forward. A absolutely. I mean, All it's right. the, it's the overall our value proposition in Wichita. I feel like you can get anywhere by car, 20, mm -hmm. 25 minutes, not a cheaper place to live. And it's a nice place to live. And it's, it's still a small town feel, you know, everybody. So we've got to encourage, how are we going to get more home ownership? Because the way you look at the millennials, the 20 somethings, the money they're making, they're not going to be able to go in there and buy a house that starts at $200,000. So we've got to have some kind of hybrid, some kind of property that they can eventually get though. Cause we don't want to end up being a, a non-owner occupied town either. We want mm -hmm. people to be able to, some people still want to do the American dream, you know, where they, they buy a house and the white picket fence. And for the people that want to do that, I want to ensure that there's opportunities for them to do that. One thing that we've observed is that the, the city has been real good at adopting favorable policies. As I mentioned, the multimodal accommodation policy, the bike uh, master plan, the pedestrian master plan, now the places for people project. It seems though that a lot of times those policies are adopted and then kind of ignored and there are, or things don't happen with them. We're pushing, for example, for a number of the milestones in the bike master plan to, to be adopted. They've kind of sat on the shelf now for seven years. What can we do to, uh, to make sure that the city actually follows through on these great policies that they've adopted but aren't actually doing anything with. Okay. So the multimodal is something that I was involved with and we pushed very hard to get that. I believe we've got a $15 million allocation from the federal government to pay for that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think we are using a lot of our dollars. Um, I don't know specifically what the policies you're talking about that we're not doing, but um, mm -hmm. it's one of those things. I mean, what's your priority? Do you want the trails or do you want the signage? You know, I mean, yeah. Hate to be that frank about it, but yeah. we've got to pick what's important. Okay. Let's go ahead and wind it down. Bikehawk Wichita has had several different activities in, in District 4. For example, our walking Wednesdays at several of the parks, including Pawnee Prairie Park. Have you got other thoughts on what we could do to uh, assist making District 4 a better place to live? You know, I, I think a lot of it is... Uh, the feedback I get from the trails, just making sure it's a safe environment. Okay. I would like to, whenever I went to city to city or it was a chamber visit to Boise, Idaho mm -hmm. and council member Fry and myself went out and got a bikes. Cause everybody kept talking about, you got to ride their trails. You got to ride their mm -hmm. trails. So we ran in to a volunteer. He had a police radio and I think he had a defibrillator and a first aid kit on there. And, he just kind of rode the trails and checked on everybody and made sure everything was okay. And um, I, I brought that idea up to the city manager whenever I came back. I think that's a great volunteer opportunity, especially when you look at the trails that mm -hmm. in my district, if you're going to be riding from potentially Garden Plain all the way downtown and possibly out to Douglas, it'd be nice to know, hey, every two hours a volunteer rides by here and kind of mm -hmm. checks on everybody. Yeah. 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 All right. Um, one, one of the big things we did at Pawnee Prairie Park, and we had 
we had a, a few medical conditions out there. It wasn't directly contributed to riding a bike or anything, but we had, and this was an idea by someone, we had landmarkers out there to where when you call 911, you can visibly say, we're at A26. 911 knows exactly where to come get you. Otherwise, you tell somebody, I'm in Pawnee Prairie Park. It's the city's largest park, 400 acres. Good luck finding them, you know, very heavily wooded. So I, I think it'd be good to have that on our trails. If someone wants to uh, communicate with you about uh, any issue, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Email is probably the best. jbluebaltwichita.gov, J-B-L-U-B-A-U-G-H at wichita.gov. I try to respond to every one of my emails. I'd like to say I do respond to all of them, but then as soon as I do, one of them will slip by and someone will say, oh, you didn't. But I really, I like feedback and, and especially where we're bouncing ideas and stuff like this here. I, I like to hear ideas i like to hear ideas that that i can hey go see what this town's doing you know mm -hmm. I, I, li I like benchmarking opportunities okay. i feel like I, I don't always want to invent the wheel myself i'd like to see how someone else has done it and what can we replicate here all right last thing i wanted to, to mention was i i listened to a lot of podcasts and i was very pleased to begin listening to the ict council chat well, I'm uh, glad. Good, good, good. Well, I never know how that goes over, so I'm glad I, to hear. So I, that was I, something that I initiated and pushed, and and I just I wanted a way for people to hear what we discuss and a little less formal description of what's going on. Great, uh, and it has been. It's a, just another way to uh, to get out and get uh, information out, get another well, change, audience. Changing our habits, changing the way we do things. So. How, how has the reaction to that been? I've had really good feedback. You know, I, I, I would like to do something like we just discussed at the beginning of this show, maybe something that's more like a, a small TV segment or something, but something you can share mm -hmm. on social media, something you can share. I, I think people, I listen to a lot of podcasts on the radio traveling here and there, but I still think some people when they're sitting at a computer they want to see your face. They want to, they want to be able to follow your expressions, how you, how you're interpreting something. Right. Well, like I said, I have been pleased to, to listen I'm to that. I thought, thought it's been interesting. So thank Good. you very much. Thank you for your time today. You uh, bet. And thank been... you for everything ever, you know, the biking and pedestrian, it's not just one group. It's not just a city. It's not just the city council. It's not the mayor. It's hundreds of volunteers. It's people that are passionate about it. It's sure you're like you and me. You probably go home with a pocket full of trash because every time you see something, you're stuffing your pockets in it. You take pride in our city. You take pride in our trails. And I appreciate everybody that does that. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time and uh, enjoyed the conversation. Okay. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Well, it looks like our time is up. And wow, what an episode. I I learned so much from that interview with Councilmember Bluebaugh, and I just can't wait for all these fun events. Interviewing the city council members has just been a nice way to learn about our community. Yes, many of us don't get a chance to meet with them on a regular basis mm -hmm. or really have you know, a chance to have a 45-minute conversation right. um, about biking and walking. And so I 
I really appreciate yeah. Alan's interviews with the council members and, and getting to know them. And I look forward to, mm-hmm. you know, learning more about other leaders in our community here in 2021. Thank you, Alan. If you are interested in any of the events or activities that we have mentioned in this episode, please let us know. Please uh, get in contact, drop in during, you know, our open hours or uh, message us. This month, I asked Ronnie if I could shine the spotlight on the special volunteer. Lauren Hirsch has a heart of gold and has been volunteering and leading community efforts through various local organizations for years, including Bike Walk Wichita. In celebration of Valentine's Day, we would like to thank Lauren for her big heart and dedication to making Wichita a better place to live, work, and play. Whenever Lauren shows up, Whether to walk, ride, or volunteer, her smile and friendly personality always put people at ease and are an instant hit. Lauren has many skills that she shares, including community activism, web design, radio hosting, event planning, music, and leadership. Thank you, Lauren, for all that you do and your passion to help others. And, of course... We could not do this without our amazing local business sponsors. As our city opens back up, please shop local and support these businesses who work to make our city safer for you. Truck Stuff helps elevate our adventures by installing hitches and bike racks and anything else to haul your bike adventure gear. And REI is open at K96 in Greenwich. If you're looking for outdoor adventure gear, you must drop in and thank them for supporting Bike Walk Wichita and the Kansas Single Track Society. I never have a hard time finding an excuse to visit either of those stores. Right. And in addition, these next ones, uh, Bicycle Peddler and Bicycle Exchange not only provide you with a great selection of bikes and gear and service, but also have been advocating for bike lanes, trails, safety improvements, uh, really for decades. They are both owned by very great shop owners who Mm -hmm. are very passionate um, about making biking safe for all. I appreciate their dedication to Wichita and to making uh, biking infrastructure and walking infrastructure much more accessible. Yes, special thanks to Ruth and Mike for all you do. Also, Visionary Print. They can help you with your podcasts, videos, promotional materials, and whatever else you need uh, in the marketing world. Uh, Watch for our online store. Uh, It should go live this spring, and we'll have all sorts of fun bike walk merchandise. Thanks to a huge increase in biking and walking, BWW has an ever-growing network of friends who love, love, love shopping local. So if you know of a business that could benefit from our hyper-local marketing, Contact us and we can share our 2021 sponsorship packet that includes a customized promotion plan for the year. That wraps up our show. Extra thanks to Amy, Alan, Ronnie, and our volunteers for the awesome interviews and stories. Thank you, Kim. Yes, and we will see you out and around town.